welcome to the Side of the Desk podcast, hosted by Fidelity Jobs and the Fidelity Women's Leadership Group. We are here to have deep discussions on the authentic experience of being a working professional in today's ever-changing workforce. Welcome to Side of the Desk. I'm Mark, and with me is my co-host, Alicia. Today we are talking to Julie O'Connell about uh, meditation and mindfulness. Hopefully you get as much out of it as we do. Julie, would you like to introduce yourself today? Sure, I'm Julie O'Connell. I've been at Fidelity 26 years now. I am a chapter lead, which means I coach and develop other associates on their careers, as well as work on specific projects for the company. And I have been cultivating and practicing mindfulness for about 20 years. I've been sharing it at Fidelity for about 10 years now. We're so excited that you're here. Could you go into what you like about your role and and how mindfulness kind of plays into what, what gets you excited at work every day? Yes, well, I love my role at Fidelity. So chapter lead is a really special role where you have the opportunity to help others in their career, helping them to achieve their goals and what's most important to them. And I do bring mindfulness into working with my my team members for sure, because that helps them to think about and, and really know themselves and what matters to them. And about 10 years ago, uh, one of the leaders here asked me to lead a session in office yoga. And at the time I was teaching yoga in Boston, Massachusetts at one of the big fitness clubs, like power yoga. And I'm finding to myself, like, how is that going to work? And he looked at me in that typical fidelity way. And he said, well, do you think you could figure it out? And I remember thinking, yep, I can figure this out. And he actually connected me with some people to help. And I started doing that. And then I really loved it. And then people asked me to lead in meditations. And I said, okay, well, I guess I should probably get certified in that. And then I started leading meditations. And just through word of mouth, I now share meditation. I've shared it with thousands of associates at hundreds of meetings, national sales meetings, all hands meetings, you name it. And it's become an integral part of my work and just such a joy and such a gift to, um, to me, certainly over the years and hopefully to others. That's fantastic. I know for me, at least, I see that meme probably every week or two that says, hey, you, you know, stand up, release your shoulders. It's all going to be okay. Uh, And that's just one of the many things that uh, I'm sure you see related to this these days. Just talking about how Fidelity creates this opportunity is just fantastic. And obviously, it's it's helped you grow into your position today. Uh, One of the things we want to cover just as we walk through everything is how is meditation effective and what are some good practices to get the most out of it? Some of us don't have a ton of time. Some of us don't know where to start. So what what are your thoughts on that? I am a Fidelity associate, so it's all about ROI, right? And so I do often think about that. And what I would say is, I just want to make sure I understand the question. So the question is around how do you maximize the benefit of mindfulness and meditation? Is that the question? Yeah, absolutely. ROI okay. is is always key. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. And at every retreat I've ever been on, someone says, how long do I have to do this to make it actually work for me? And so it's it, everyone thinks that way. And I think it's great. And really, that's one of the beautiful things about meditation and mindfulness. It, it has one of the highest payoffs. So I started practicing, as I said, about 20 years ago and two minutes a day, Mark, that was it. 
And it was before iPhones, right? I know everyone's like, what? And I hit an oven timer and I would sit and breathe for two minutes and it changed my whole world. And, and crazy things happen. Like you lose cravings and you become more productive and you feel better. Just two minutes. Now, now I do more because I love it and I enjoy it. And I certainly encourage that. But you could start with that. You could start with just noticing your breath upon waking up and upon going to sleep and maybe taking three deep breaths. And that would be an interesting way just to start. And you would get benefit from that. Wow. I know I'm sitting here thinking about my own breathing now and what does that do? And I, I think that's a great jumping off point. I, and really that brings me to, you know, how do we do this effectively at work, right? Not just waking up and going to sleep, but during the day, how do we take a step away and take time for us? Yeah, and you know, when we think about mindfulness, right? And, and being present in this moment, that, that's what mindfulness is really about. And you can do that at any point in the day. Oftentimes we can get very involved in the current debate of the moment or the current project of the moment. And we can sometimes lose sight of the bigger picture. And so even if you're just in a meeting and maybe in a meeting where there's differing points of view, to just take a moment and take a breath and think about what are we really trying to accomplish? What's And just bringing yourself into the present, you can often think about different solutions and different ways of going about things. So you certainly can do that. Another thing to do, and one of the tips I had gotten from one of my teachers was every time you go through a doorway, doesn't work so much when you're working from home, but I guess a little bit if you're in an office, uh, to take a deep breath. I would share that taking a few deep breaths or box breath, so just you know, in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold out for four, just doing that maybe two to five times before a big presentation, before a big meeting, your breath will reset your internal environment. And that has a huge impact on your ability to think clearly, to articulate your thoughts. And so just pausing and taking a few deep breaths before, after difficult meetings to reset can be a very effective way to help you achieve your own peak performance. Wow. Uh, I'm sitting here taking in that uh, box breath is what yes. you called it. Yeah. Box breathing. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's not my invention, just so you know. That's like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has been a mental hurdle definitely for myself and others I've talked to, to just overcome, you know, the constant I'm at home or sometimes in the office. How do I not overschedule or set those boundaries? And I think that's a really great time for any of those of us who can take it to do that and, and to take a step away and maybe walk through a few doorways metaphorically here. And that's definitely a big piece. And as we talk about not just meditation, but mindfulness, now that leads me to boundaries right? Setting up that hour that I can go eat and take myself away from my desk, be it at home or at work. What are your thoughts on you know, creating that and that sense of peace for yourself while you're at home? This has been the pandemic itself and working from home has been a, a great opportunity to help people, especially those working from home, to set boundaries. It's great practice because there's no natural boundaries. There's no commute. There's no office building. You're still at home. And I think there's a lot of different ways to set boundaries. And, 
it's funny, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was asked to speak at a lot of meetings because people were very stressed out. And we created this, uh, this tips for well-being. And, and one of them was about getting dressed for the day. And I think, you know, on every huff, po- on all the feeds, it was get dressed, even though you're at home, get dressed, you'll be more productive. And, and, and I would talk about that because as you get dressed, you send a signal to yourself and to everyone in your family that you're now working. But what I think a lot of those feeds missed is that at the end of the day, it's getting undressed and into your comfy clothes to set the other message to yourself and to everyone at your family that you're, no, you're not working now. And that was a way, a ceremony, you know, an intentional uh, routine that you could bring into your day to set boundaries. I think when we talk about the lunch hour and taking breaks, we all have that internal inertia, right? Things in motion want to stay in motion. And it's very difficult to sometimes stop And for people who try to meditate for the first time, it can be almost agitating. And there's this great uh, metaphor that someone, you know, on my journey here had shared with me that I'll never forget. And it said, you know, when you're sitting at the, at the, uh, in an ocean or standing in an ocean at the edge and the waves are coming in and it's crashing and it's a lot of foam and you can't see anything and there's a lot of movement. And that's kind of represents you going through life and when you have a lot of thoughts going through and you're just focused and you're going, going, going. And then if you can picture yourself at a lake on a very calm day and the water's very still and it's very clear and you can gaze down and see your feet all the way to the sand and all of a sudden you can see everything. And that that visibility, that clarity, right? Just like when you sit to meditate, all of a sudden you see all these thoughts and you're aware of all these thoughts. The thoughts aren't new. It's just that you're now sitting and you're in stillness so you can see them and it can be unsettling. But the recognition that this isn't new, this is how you've been, and now you're aware of it, and then through the practice, you can you can calm and you can quiet. Uh, but it's just getting to that point and over that initial hurdle of stopping all of the motion that can be very difficult for people. And that's why we have midday, right? So we have midday every Tuesday, and we can bring ourselves together, we can talk a little bit, and I can lead people through a meditation to help them begin that practice of stopping of pausing really is what it is and it is a practice and it's not necessarily easy and it doesn't get easier at home uh it's just something you need to intentionally as you said set up and schedule that's so interesting i feel like uh, i was when i was little my dad tried to teach me about meditation and um i i think i had I experienced that agitated feeling that you were seeing and it makes so much more sense now hearing like the object emotion wants to stay in motion kind of repelling against your natural inertia of course you're feeling a little bit agitated, but, you know, having that mindfulness that kind of leads you eventually into the meditation through just the awareness of your own thoughts makes it a lot more palatable for someone like me who is just constantly go, go, go. I'm really high energy. I don't ever want to stop doing things. You know, jokes that my family jokes that I can never sit still. Um, so it's people like that, I feel like would, would appeal to a lot of our audience to just have the me- the second of mindfulness to say, oh, let me calm down a little bit and then I can try. I don't have to just dive right into it like I dive into everything else. I think that's what a good meditation teacher can do for someone. They can take them from where they are in the busyness and lead them in a path to the quiet. And in a lot of retreats and trainings, I've noticed some of the teachers have been very good at that. And that's why I think people love apps and all of that. It's something to do when you're trying not to do because everyone likes to do, especially here at Fidelity. Julie, you've mentioned intention a couple times when I brought up setting boundaries. Uh, It sounds like one leads to the other. You have to be intentional about 
setting the boundaries and be mindful of that. And as Alicia mentioned, you know, we all kind of want to go, go, go when it comes to work. We want to give our best and do our best, but we need to take care of ourselves too. So what about intentions? How do you start, right? You said start with a the box breathing and, you know, you can do that. Or when you wake up, what starts that intentional process that leads us to that capability to set boundaries? If we're talking about setting intentions and the practice of setting intentions, you really just start with your desires and your wishes. And sometimes you'll see little kids and they just, if you ever see a little kid, they just, when they get to the playground, they just run. And there's no plan. There's no, okay, I have 10 minutes and I'd really like to spend some time on the playground, you know, swings. And then I really want to get a few minutes on the monkey bar. So they just kind of go. And a lot of us have that natural instinct just to go, 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 go. And I see it when I am coaching people and I ask them to sit and think about what they really want to accomplish in their lives. And this is where mindfulness comes in, right? Mindfulness is about being intentional. It's about being in this moment on purpose. This is John Kabat-Zinn's, I'm quoting him, being in this moment on purpose and without judgment. And when we think about setting intentions, that's a purposeful activity. There's purpose around what the intention is. There's purpose around setting the actual intention. So if you want to begin that practice, you need to carve out some time. And I think people will naturally gravitate towards either first thing in the morning or end of day. And to carve out a little bit of time to sit, to breathe, even if it's 30 seconds, and then to say, today, I want to bring this in. And I it, it, I get a lot of questions when I talk about intentions. For me, I like the idea, and, and how I do this is I often set intentions about what I want to bring in to my life. Patience, good one for me. Uh, I love to bring in kindness, love, charity. And it really starts with just desires, which is something I think we can all access. What do we want? I want to feel more calm. Okay, great. Then calm is your intention for the day. And we think about if we want to set and be more intentional around carving out time, this is a great practice to meditate for a minute, two minutes, whatever, however much time. And then you sit in that moment right after you stop your practice and you think about what you want to bring in. And then you think about how you might bring it in. And it's nice to just have that daily routine and it can be super short. I have a whole session on habits, which maybe could be a different, it's a whole different podcast, uh, around how you start habits and starting small and anchoring it to existing habits are two critical pieces. So I would start small and I would anchor it to something that people already do. So right after brushing teeth or something like that. So like adding it into your routine, like you wake up, you take the dog out, you think about your intentions. Yep. That's pretty awesome. And I, I even on the smaller scale, I, each time you know we ask you a question you say all right let me take a step back i think that in and of itself is being mindful of let me bring some clarity into this let me make sure that i'm really listening to the question that's being asked so that i can deliver the most um the best response the most present response the most informative response that we can um so you're bringing it into every facet of your life which is awesome (laughs) and it's a practice i will tell you this is a practice uh nobody is perfect at it least of all me I say I do this because I do tend to be one of those type A stressed out curmudgeons. That's kind of where I start from. And then we bring in the mindfulness piece. But when you were talking about that, Alicia, it does 
bring me back to one really important thing that mindfulness has brought to me, which is listening. We love to talk. We love to think about what we're going to say when someone else is talking before they're finished talking, which really points to the fact that we're thinking and we're not listening. And mindfulness and just being in this present moment, at the end of that, it's being in this present moment on purpose and without judgment. And without judgment is a tough one. And even John Kabat-Zinn, I, I was on a retreat with him and he said, we all judge, right? We all judge. All, anyone listening to this is judging. And that's just human nature. But the opposite of that and how we start to get out of that is curiosity. And curiosity brings us into better listening and better thinking and more open-mindedness. And mindfulness is a real tool for that, to fuel your curiosity so that you can be there for others in your life, your colleagues, spouses, children, parents, what have you. I love that. The opposite of judgment is curiosity. That's probably going to be in home goods here in a few, few weeks. <laughs> Julie, so it sounds like based off what all we talked through that, you know, let's say I have a big presentation, I've got an interview, anything big coming up, that these are really great things to think about and hopefully execute prior to any of those things happening. And even, you know, on a larger scale that this is something that on a, on a personal level, I think we can all relate to. It's not just work stress, it's life stress. And, you know, even on Saturday morning, you know, wake up Sunday morning before football starts, before anything's going on, <laughs> just take a, a few moments for me to get refocused and uh, start off the day. So I'm really excited to be learning so much about this. And that's really where I've come to, which is what is mindfulness versus meditation? You know, meditation, it feels like it, it plays in with mindfulness. So how would you compare and contrast mindfulness and meditation? Mindfulness is a state of being. When someone is, and we've all had moments of mindfulness. Maybe you enter into a, I'm, I'm looking outside right now and it's the fall in New England and the leaves are so beautiful. And you have that moment when you encounter beauty, where you just pause and you are fully present with that beauty. And that is a moment of mindfulness, being present in this moment on purpose without judgment. Meditation is different. Meditation is a process. It has a beginning and it has an end. It could be one minute. It could be one hour, any amount of time. And there are an unbelievable amount of types of meditation, right? There's, there's meta meditation, which is also known as loving kindness, where you repeat certain phrases that are designed to evoke compassion for oneself and for others. There is mindfulness meditation, which is what I tend to practice here at Fidelity, which is a secular meditation with a focus on the body and the breath. Meditation overall, and then there's more, it's transcendental meditation, primordial based sound meditation, the list goes on. What meditation has in common is that if you're Deepak Chopra, you would say it's a process or he even uses the word technology to uncover the quiet that is within. And that I believe is true. All these meditations, whether they're mantra meditations, whether they're open monitoring, uh, which is just noticing everything or focused attention, which is a focus on the breath, let's say, they're all designed to help us uncover this quiet within and to evoke a mindful way of being. So the idea is that we practice meditation 10, 20 minutes in the morning, one minute in the morning. And one of the benefits of that 
is living a more mindful life where we are more present. Sometimes I'll think about, you know, that final time that you lie down, right? That final moment. And what I just want to avoid is a final moment of, oh my God, I missed it. Right? I missed it. And we just want to be here. We want to be here fully for the good, for the bad, for everything in between. And that's the mindful state. And the meditation is the process. And meditation has a lot of different benefits, that being one of them. Others are things like sleep and reducing stress and improving attention, compassion, and all that goodness. All that goodness. All that goodness. It's really good. And it's free. Isn't that nice? You can just do it whenever. Yeah, no subscription required. It's no great. subscription required. No special outfit, no special equipment. You just, anytime, anyplace. What about a power pause there, Julie? I don't, I don't want to miss it. I, you had like, you had me on the edge there. I was like, I don't want to miss it either. You <laughs> can see why you're so good at this. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you're very kind. So um, it sounds like, you know, this could be any moment, any way to get started, any number of minutes committed, or, you know, maybe you skip a day, maybe you miss a day, that's okay. You know, just kind of get started back over whatever you can commit to yourself, whether that be 10 minutes, five minutes, one minute, like you said, you don't need an app. You don't need any special equipment to get started. All you need is you and getting started might bring you a lot of personal clarity. It, it might help to improve your mental health. It might help you to grow in your career at work. Um, so obviously through Fidelity, um, through you, Julie, we do have um, some resources like the weekly mindful meditation, but what other things have you heard of just within the field or from going to conferences, various experiences that our listeners could kind of kickstart their meditation or mindfulness practice? Yeah. So there, it's funny, 20 years ago, I remember, you know, it was like me in a book, you know, I had no idea what was going on. And now there are so many resources. First of all, there are a plethora of apps that are out there that people can start with. And I would say you don't need any of them. You can, we all have these fabulous smartphones now. You set a timer for 30 seconds and focus on your breath. If that makes things a little difficult, because sometimes people get caught up in the breath, focus on your hands. If Focus on anything and just bring your attention back to it and back to it. In addition to that, if you don't want to do a whole app and sign up, you could go to YouTube and Google meditation. And there are recordings there that you can use. So our benefits group has a lot of different mindfulness resources and wellness coaches that people can use. Uh, and if, I, if it were me and I was just starting, I would probably, as I did, just use a timer and just sit and breathe. Like that for me is just start small and just do that. There's also some really great resources online. Um, there's really great teachers uh, who will take you through a course. So some people are like, I really need a course. I want, or I want to go to a retreat. Uh, Omega Institute has a wonderful retreats. So they're all over the country, the um, retreat center. So people can look for that. They do online retreats now and you can just Google uh, what you want and you can get a description. I am a big fan of Omega Institute because I just happen to love their area and that's up in New York if you're listening in this area. Uh, but that said, you can start really small, you can use an app, you can go to a retreat center, you can do an online training and there's just wonderful, wonderful teachers out there. Awesome. There's a lot of things on everybody's mind. Things tend to get a little bit more busy figuring out what's important to you. Like you were saying, what do you want? What do you want to bring into your life? Um, what do you not want? What do you want to make sure that you're trying to work through and, and, and mediate? 
um, being able to kind of unplug and disconnect, especially remotely, like we talked about. Um, maybe our listeners have some scheduled PTO coming up and they actually want to enjoy it and be able to disconnect. I feel like meditation might be, or mindfulness might be a way to help them enforce that boundary. So uh, with year end coming up, does meditation or mindfulness change at all? Or is it more or less important at any time of the year? Or how do you, how do you kind of manage the year end stress through Mm. different practices? One of the best practices, and this applies to all year, right? So we, it's so interesting because we're so externally focused in our culture, right? Year end or goals or holidays, right? This very external focused. And meditation and mindfulness is really about coming within, right? It's, it's, about, it's about us. And so any time that works for the person is, is what works, which is one of the things I love about it. And I would say going into the holidays, we do tend to get very caught up. We get caught up in the to-dos and who am I going to buy the gift for? And this year it's, are we going to go to the holiday? Because they could be sick and I don't want to get... And so there's a lot of different stressors that are coming in. And if I were to do one thing during the holidays or during times of greater stress is a gratitude practice. Gratitude and gratitude is one of those things that I feel like people can check the box on, right? I'm grateful, grateful for life, grateful to be alive. Yeah. And, and they check the box. And that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a gratitude practice. A gratitude practice is when you take a set amount of time, could be 30 seconds each day to reflect on the past 24 hours and to identify moments, experiences, things for which someone is grateful. And they don't need to be big things, right? The little things, that's another John Kabat-Zinn. I don't, he must be on my mind today. But the little things, the little moments, they aren't so little. And so doing that has been shown to change your mindset. And it is one of the, back to Mark's comment, one of the best ROI, right, of, of all mindfulness is a gratitude practice and everyone can do it. And I'll tell you, when things are the most down, when you are the most stressed, that is the best time to practice gratitude because it will force you to find that silver lining. And if you can find it then, you can find it at any time. And this is something I like to do each morning uh, on my own. I do it each night with my son and my son is seven. Kids are amazing with this. So any listeners who have kids, what are you grateful for today? And they come up with the most amazing, amazing things. And it's it's just a really nice way to end the day and, and put someone off to sleep. But that's what I would say, Alicia, as we're heading into year end, a gratitude practice, a daily practice where you reflect on something you're grateful for. I feel like that's so relevant right now because I, a lot of families, at least I think my family, uh, Thanksgiving, we go around the table and we say what we're thankful for. And I just hear the same answers over and over again. And don't get me wrong, they're great answers. Thankful for my health, thankful for my family, et cetera, et cetera. They're great. But a gratitude practice just seems like a much more consistent approach to really change your lifestyle, not just fill in a sentence at Thanksgiving dinner before you stuff yourself with food and then pass that on the couch. <laughs> right, You're it, actually it, taking it to heart. <laughs> yeah, and it, it changes your mindset. It changes your way of thinking. And unfortunately, when you sit and say, oh, I'm grateful for, for my health, or it, that's wonderful. And we should be grateful for that and more now than ever before, I think is front of mind. But training your mind to look for the positive, which is not how most of us are. Most of us are not optimists. I myself am what they call a defensive pessimist, which is probably another podcast. But we don't tend, that's not biologically, evolutionarily how we came about, 
right? It wasn't, it wasn't the person in the olden days that was admiring the flowers that passed on the genes. It was the one who was looking out for the lion, you know, and, and that's, so we have to train ourselves to look for the positive and that daily practice will help do that, which is why another, I really do feel like a mindful fidelity will be a successful fidelity. A mindful person will be a successful person, whatever success means to that person. I think it definitely attracts people to you. You know, you have that sort of light, you have that sort of positivity, that's enthusiasm, that's contagious and um, will help you in your career because people are drawn to positive people who are going to push for success. And if you can have that positive attitude and impart positivity onto other people through your own mindfulness, meditation, gratitude practice, whatever it might be, it'll definitely help you out with any type of growth or movement in your networking, your career in general. Um, any type of success, whether you're looking for it at work or within your personal life, which is just so awesome. And I'd never really considered before. Um, it's a great connection for me. I'm, I'm learning a ton. I'm so glad. And it all, yeah, and it boils down to relationships and the relationship starts with yourself, which is where the mindfulness and meditation comes in. Cause you're not going to connect with someone else if you can't connect to yourself. I really like the way that you said everything starts within ourselves, right? Like I had never considered that there's this internal focus first um, versus an external focus. And, you know, even as I'm positing the question to you, I'm talking about all external focuses, like the end of the year, your goals, the holidays, your family, all of that, all of them are external. It never really occurred to me to identify them as external because, you know, it's so ingrained in us as a society that this is just what you do constantly. Every single year, I feel like everybody sets these New Year's resolutions that get broken, you know, within the next three weeks and they don't last very long and they're just doing it to do it, right? They're just doing it out of habit. They're not really setting an intention. So Julie, how would you say that mindfulness and meditation can play not only into setting up better goals, um, but to helping them stick a little bit longer. I'm, I'm sure we've all heard how to set SMART goals, right? The acronym on how to set specific measurable goals and whatnot. And for me, I just don't really feel like that's ever driven the goals to last much longer. Um, like, sure, I know what the acronym stands for and it makes sense to me, but looking internally and having that internal focus um, from being mindful might help our listeners figure out, all right, why is this important to me? and help it last a little bit longer and find some more success so that it's not just another broken New Year's resolution. And it's funny because setting it on the, the 31st to the 1st is completely artificial as well, right? I mean, there's nothing about that exact date and time other than it's, you know, eight days after the shortest day of the year. I don't even know. It's, it's just completely this random arbitrary. date. Completely arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I have found, and when I do goal setting with my team and with others, and it's a passion of mine, is that we really have to start with our own purpose, our own why. Why are we here? What, what do we want to do? My why is to inspire others to be the happiest and best they can be. That's, that's my why. And if we know our why, then we can set a vision of what we want to accomplish. And from there, we can set our goals. And I often think at Fidelity too, and at many companies, we start the goals five degrees of separation from what's going on in our heart. And if we can connect those goals, which are very uh, important, and, and it's easy to connect those goals to our, to our inner desires and our purpose. It's one of the things I love about fidelity. If people can connect these New Year's resolutions, these new goals to their purpose, or rather start with the purpose and then come up with the goal 
I believe they will have a greater chance of achieving that goal because it's something they really, really want. Now, there are blockers. There's a reason that we all weigh what we weigh. There's a reason that we all have the job that we have and the relationships that we have. And you have to come really clear on what are the blockers. What, why are things the way they are? Because there's very good reasons for the way the things um, are the way they are. And so once you can understand where you're trying to get to and what your blockers are, and then you can have a really nice conversation around, am I willing to give up that blocker? Right? Like I want to lose weight, but I love chocolate. So either I have to give up the chocolate or I have to exercise more so that I can eat the chocolate and potentially still have a deficit. So you, you have to think through those things. And I think that when we're at New Year's resolutions, we're thinking outwardly, we're not really going within, we're not really examining what we have to change in order to accomplish. And I do think mindfulness and meditation creates a practice and creates a mindset that does bring us to what truly is most important and what we want to accomplish and why. And when we have that, we're set up for better success. Yeah, I think that really adds to the phrase new year, new me. You know, that's uh, definitely a, a big one if you actually take it internally. Yeah, or new year, real me. Ooh. Right, because you're already there. That's the thing with this whole practice. It's not a newness, it's an uncovering. It's an awakening. You're already where you need to be. It's just understanding and appreciating what's already there and bringing it out. I think Alicia, just like myself, are very excited to hear our next little step, which is going to be you leading us in some quick breathing exercises or a little bit of mini meditation, if you will. So without waiting anymore, let's go ahead and jump into this. Sure. Okay. A couple of quick tips that people want to keep in mind for this meditation. And the first is, is that there's a, a giant myth out there that if I have thoughts or thoughts are coming to my mind, I'm failing and I'm not meditating. And that is not the case. Uh, during meditation, you actually are going through a process where you're focused in this present moment on some object, unless you're doing open monitoring. We're gonna do a focused attention little meditation here. And our focus is gonna be on our breath and I'm gonna lead you all through it. So it's my voice and the breath. And what you'll find is as soon as we start, you're gonna anchor your attention, which is wonderful, and then your mind's gonna wander. A thought, a sound, an emotion, a feeling, something will come in and take your attention. And a little while later, you'll notice that you're distracted. And it's that magic moment where you notice that you're distracted. You can label the distraction, which is a powerful thing to do, right? An itch, a scratch, doubt, hunger, what have you. You can then just gently move it off to the side and come back to the meditation, back to the present moment, back to my voice, back to the breath. And that's the process. And you can do that many, many times in a meditation, even as short as what we are doing now. So I encourage those who are about to go through this, that if thoughts come up, do not get discouraged, do not get frustrated. That is the practice. It would almost be like going to the gym and getting frustrated by the dumbbell that you're lifting up, right? It is the practice. If you have an itch, you should just scratch it. Don't try and think it away, just scratch it. It's a distraction, come back to your practice. And if you doze off, if you start to doze off, it's, it doesn't mean anything other than you are very tired. And if you keep falling asleep during your meditation practice, you may want to revisit what time you go to bed, what time you wake up. Okay, so let's get started. Get comfortable. 
You can do meditation sitting, you can do it walking, standing, or lying down. For this brief one, I recommend sitting. You can have some back support, so don't think that you have to be in a pretzel with, you know, your, your straight up, what have you. You do want to have a straight spine, but it can be slightly leaning back if it's resting on something. The straight spine just enables the breath. I recommend closing your eyes because that will reduce the potential stimuli that could distract you. However, for some people, closing your eyes can actually evoke anxiety. If you're one of those people and you discover that you're one of those people right now, then good thing to know about yourself, just rest your gaze on something in front of you. You can rest your hands on your thighs or you can cup one hand in the other. And we'll begin by just taking a nice, slow, deep breath in through the nose if you can, if you're clear. Hold it at the top, breathe in a little more, open your mouth and exhale all the breath out. One more time, deep, deep breath in through the nose, pause at the top, and then enjoy the feeling of letting go as you open your mouth and exhale all the breath out. Reseal your lips and allow your breath to return to its natural pace as you breathe in and out of your nose. Our meditation today will be a focus on the breath. And for the next few moments, Notice where you feel your breath most easily. Begin by noticing the breath going in and out of your nose. Now, notice the rise of your chest as you inhale and the fall of your chest as you exhale. If you'd like, you can lightly place your hands right over your heart. If your mind wanders, just bring it back to your breath. Place your hands over your abdomen if you'd like and just notice the expansion and contraction of the belly as you inhale and exhale. Wherever you felt the breath most easily Allow your attention to rest there for the remainder of the meditation. If you'd like to anchor your mind, you can think in as you breathe in and out as you breathe out.
Take a nice, slow, deep breath in. Open your mouth and exhale all the breath out. Gently begin to make small movements, wiggling fingers and toes. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and just gently bring yourself back into your day. Right? Feel the seat on which you're sitting. Notice how you feel. And I'll close this meditation with a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. I hope you enjoyed this meditation and I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this Side of the Desk episode. And thank you to our recording studio and editors who make our episodes possible. For more information about working at Fidelity, check out fidelitycareers.com.